Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour, and we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news, every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember as the song says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown-up fun, interesting and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And for more grown-up fun, visit our website, The Three Tomatoes, and the three is spelled out, and sign up for our newsletters. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode. Welcome my tomato pals to this week's podcast featuring astrologist Virginia Bell. Although I hesitate to just call her an astrologist because she has decades of experience. And I don't mean that to sound she's old because we are <laughs> 38. <laughs> I'm sorry, Virginia. That's okay. I am old. I love it. <laughs> in, in many different arenas. Um, and her third act brought her to her passion of sharing astrology with others. Now, as she says in her book, midlife is not a crisis. Astrology is seductive and becomes addictive and is another lens through which to see the world. So I say it was written in the stores for all of you to listen in today to this <laughs> podcast. Cheers and welcome, Virginia. Oh, thank you. It's great being here. I love well, it. I'm excited to share your knowledge with all of our listeners, primarily women, I would say, in midlife or over midlife and so that thus I love the title of your book midlife is not a crisis because I feel like I'm in midlife in my 60s I really didn't feel like it in my 40s but let's talk a little bit about your background and how you got into astrology I mean I think for many people not I've been studying a little bit about astrology but I always thought of it when I was growing up as what you read after the comics in the paper <laughs> when you were and I loved it I wanted to know but I do have a question about that too but when you were small did you or little because we often say that our passions are what we wanted to do when we were eight did you did you have a passion in the stars did you well, follow astrology yes I did as a matter of fact not knowing really much about it like you say you know reading when I was young I was I was miserable. My home life wasn't great. And I was always looking for something to, you know, give me some hope in life. And so around I was started around 12, 13 years old. I was reading the Dell horoscope, which I still read and still write for. And I write for. And uh, I didn't know anything about astrology except that I was a Taurus. And so I would look every month like, is there anything good that's going to happen? And one day, uh, I grew up in a wealthy Jewish community on the North Shore of Long Island. My parents were poor and Christian, but anyway, that's another story. <laughs> Tell me. Oh, boy. Well, that sounds good. That sounds yeah, like very story. interesting. Yeah. But anyway, I asked the priest, uh, Father Chase, a new young priest, I asked him one Sunday after church what his opinion of astrology was. He didn't miss a beat, that guy. He said, the devil's work. So right there and then, I said, not to him, but in my head, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm leaving the saints and going with the stars, baby. And that was, um, that, yeah, and, and, and interesting, of course, now I'm back with the saints. I love them. I love it all religions. And I just actually graduated in June from seminary and uh, became a minister, an interfaith minister. But in any case, 
it it didn't um, at that point at my young age I, I didn't start studying astrology at all but it was always in my life always in my life and uh, even when I opened a restaurant in 1974 the first natural foods restaurant in New York I had an astrologer pick the date I knew it was important the restaurant business is hard you need an astrologer and also there was an astrologer at my restaurant, he ate for free and myself and some of the other staff members got readings. So it was always around. Uh, but I never thought of studying because I didn't think I was smart enough. These were not the computer days. But in the late 80s, I opened a second restaurant up in the Berkshires. My first restaurant was in New York City. And um, it failed miserably because it was too seasonal. But I met a woman, I write about this in my book, um, I met a woman up there and uh, I used to drive back to the city with her and her husband sometimes after the weekend. And um, I was like a package going back and forth between the two restaurants. Anyway, uh, she was reading this book in the car and it was on astrology. And I, I, oh, I always loved astrology. I always thought it was about predictions. And when I had my restaurant, I was like running around the corner to the astrologer asking, is the chef going to leave me? Is the, my, my boyfriend going to leave me? I didn't <laughs> think it was deep. And you know, right. You just wanted to know the superficial aspects of it. You wanted absolutely. someone to tell you the good yeah. and not like really delve into right. what it means. Exactly. And I get that. Well, as you're talking about this, I think I recall, wasn't it Nancy Reagan who used to consult an astrologer? Absolutely. And a very fine astrologer, too. And to accordingly, uh, supposedly, that's why uh, her, Ronald Reagan was shot but didn't die because, uh, you know, he she was very technical and would give her the times for meetings and and different conferences and things and often they were at strange times too but um yes she did well, that's yeah. very interesting i mean there's so much about astrology that that is uh that unknown and so that's why you know yeah. i have all i have all manner of questions so you were reading this woman so was reading I, this book you were Yep. I, and, and she, I said, well, I'll go buy the book. And she said, well, you can, it's out of print, but I'll lend it to you. And she did. And she had the astrologer's number in the back. She never called. I called and I got a reading and it was literally life-changing for me. And again, I wasn't thinking of astrology as um, a career. It's just my life was falling apart. I lost money up in this uh, second restaurant, put pressure on the first restaurant that was doing fine. And as I was going along, uh, astrology was the only thing in my life that wasn't contaminated by all my problems. So I just kind of dove in and began reading wonderful books by Liz Green, a Jungian analyst and astrologer and other great astrologers and going to conferences. And, and over time it unfolded. I closed my original restaurant and had a lot of, this was in my early fifties. And I remember walking down the street after the restaurant was closed thinking, dear God, I'm too old to be a waitress. What am I going <laughs> to do now? You know, right. I had a bunch of part-time jobs. I walked dogs. I worked in a PR office. In fact, it was through a German shepherd named Sammy that whose owner was the head of TV guide that I got a column in TV guide. Oh, you know, and the woman who I was working for in PR. She put me in con contact with this person, a young man who was starting a magazine for CBS. Uh, 
you know, their own magazine. And she asked him, do you think you want to put astrology in the magazine? And he said, oh, I'd consider that. We met and I'm still working for CBS doing. Okay. I just, so. I, so this is where I have a question. First of all, yeah. I find a recurring theme in the podcast that I uh, the interviews that I've been doing, and that's people being open to saying yes to opportunities. Mm -hmm. and I see that once more. Yep. That, that's obviously a lesson I need to learn, and I think everybody listening needs to learn to keep your eyes open and say yes. I mean, you were talk walking Sammy's, you know, <laughs> Sammy the dog and his owner and blah, blah. Right, but my question is about writing uh, horoscopes in yeah. uh, publications. Mm -hmm. Like, how does... How does it work that you're writing these 12 different things that are going on when there's so many millions of people and we're all so yeah. different? That's and an excellent course, question. Yeah, yeah. I've always wondered that. Like, yeah. why does it really seem to appeal and it seems to be right up my alley, but it may not. My husband's also a Libra and it's not quite the same for him. So tell me how okay. this works. So the astrology chart, it's complex. There's a lot of things. There are planets, there are signs, there are houses, and there's, you know... It's a lot of combinations. The So when somebody does your chart, Kim, and they say they come to me and I do a chart and so forth, and we, we look at it, um, it, it's very personal. The, the way that you not the way that you do it for a magazine so be, of course because there's 12 signs and, and right. you know how do you so you say okay so you're a Libra it's something called a solar chart that means we put the sun in the first house so there's the houses it's like a pizza and they're 12 slices of pie and so we put the sun for all Libras the sun goes in the first house and then, Say for instance, then we put the other planets where they are this month, for instance, in wow. that circle. We don't know where your moon is, your Venus, nothing, but the sun, you know, is the biggest um, ingredient in the recipe there. So we put the Libra sun in the first house. And then now we're looking, okay, we, where are the planets right now? Saturn and Pluto are both in Capricorn. Are they aspecting your Libra sun? In what house are they? All right, the Uranus, the planet Uranus is mm -hmm. in Taurus. It would be in your eighth house for all Libras. So, okay, you could be making money. Eighth house is other people's money. Um, so we, we, we write a little story around that. It's general, but you know something? The solar chart works also. It's not as specific, but it works. That's why sometimes you read the horoscopes in the magazine, newspaper, and they're right on the money. Other times they're off because, again, it's generalized. It's, you know, 12th. Uh, one twelfth of the population population is a Libra, and and you know one twelfth every other sign. So right, yeah. Okay, that's good though. That makes me feel better about reading it because sometimes yes. I used to. I mean, I remember sitting down with my mom and reading the horoscope and only wanting just what you said. I wanted to know if anything good's going to happen to me. I mean, I can meet a boyfriend. You know, <laughs> exactly. That's is, great. Is, you know, is love coming my way? Um, okay, so you started. So did you go to school to become an astrologer? Yes. The wonderful astrologer uh, who wrote the book uh, is Stephen Forrest, one of the great astrologers on the planet. He wrote this book, and this was his first book, um, The Inner Sky. And that's the book I read and really was very meaningful to me. And then uh, having a number of readings with Stephen, we got to know him. And, and then in 2000, uh, I was 58 then or so, I think, yeah, 
um, he started a, an apprenticeship program. And so I began, I flew out to um, California where he had that program a couple times a year and did that program for about 16, 17 years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a lot of studying. Yeah, well, it was, you know, twice a year, but, you know, still I um, and then studied here in New York with a lot of good astrologers and read and went to conferences. And, you know, I and that's it just unfolded. All right. So it's fascinating. You became an astrologer Mm -hmm. and then um, and your purpose in becoming an astrologer was to, I'm assuming, to assist other people. Because yeah, it's, yeah. it's like you're a, a teacher, a healer, a guide. Absolutely. Yeah. And I didn't, you know, again, it kind of unfolded naturally. And um, I started doing readings. And then, of course, I got these, um, you know, even while I was doing my part time jobs, I got these uh, opportunities to write for other, you know, these magazines, first uh, TV Guide and then. Um, CBS and then like Refinery29 and I did uh, finally Us Magazine um, and uh, and, and Develt, the German publication and and then I did, you know, newsletters as, you know, uh, blogs and newsletters and things like that and then I wrote, when I wrote my book uh, yeah, that's that I wrote my book it was published two years ago. So I'm 76. I published it with at, when I was 74. Oh my and gosh. I love that. Everybody take note. Yep. And I'm let me tell you the most, anything, the most important thing astrology has taught me is that we all bloom at our own time, Kim, like flowers and, and seasons, you know, a rose isn't anything less than a daffodil because it blooms later in the season. We all have our individual timing and people, let me just tell you, trust your timing. Don't compare your insides to someone else's Botox outsides. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> you think, and, and my book I have, you know, it's broken up to the cycles and the decades. And there are a lot of examples like, you know, um, uh, what's her Julia Child? She didn't start cooking until her early 40s, but it was around her um, Chiron return, 4950. She finally got the book published, and the rest is history. Um, what's his name? Who wrote Angela's Ashes? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't remember his name right now because yeah, I if, a few years it ago. went away. But you you know who I mean? I do, he, I do, I know exactly. He was a uh, he was a t- Frank McCord. He was a yes, teacher. Yeah. It's Stuyvesant High School. He he was born in Ireland, but came here. And then um, he was, uh, so anyway, he was a teacher in Stuyvesant High School here in New York. He retired. And around 58, 59, he married his third wife. And she said, Frank, get out of the bar. Stop telling your stories to the old cronies. <laughs> Write them down. And he did. And at 64, he got his book published. He I love see- it. That's not a book he could have written when he was younger. It was so sad. It was painful, really. Yes. You see, so the thing, the projects, the the purpose that we have as we get older is different from the one, our goals when we're younger. And we have to change. Okay. So, and also Louise Hay started Hay House Publishing at age 60. Exactly. Yes, she did. So I read a little bit and that... That brings me to think something that I think is very interesting that our, our listeners might like. If you can describe, is it the four different cycles? I mean, when we're in our 29, you yeah. said it's the Saturn cycle and then yeah. whatever. I, I, I've never heard that. And I've studied a lot of different, you yeah. know, 
modality. These are called the generational cycles because we share, we all share them at the same age. And now that doesn't mean they're superficial. It's sort of like a bar mitzvah in the Jewish faith or a sweet 16. We have them at the same age, but for each and every one, it's unique. It's a passage. It's a major crossroads, an initiation. Mm -hmm. And the first one is our Saturn return to 29. Saturn is that planet of reality, responsibility, self-discipline. It's not sexy like Jupiter is good luck and, you know, expansion. But Saturn, we need Saturn, you know, that because Saturn allows us to create a foundation. So even if you're in your 20s and saving lives in emergency room and you're 22 or 23, you're still not quite an adult. Mm -hmm. At our Saturn return, for if you look at anyone's life at twenty around twenty nine, Saturn, the planet Saturn, comes back to where it was at birth. You see, at twenty nine, and we get mm-hmm. Saturn, we get serious. You see, we're you know we're ready to take on a big challenge, and that could be we find our career, or maybe we have our career and we we make a commitment to a relationship or having a child, or maybe hey, you know I'm not going to be that rock star. Who am I kidding? Let me go back to school, or like Adam Lambert, you know what I am that rock star, right? Exactly. So you auditioned from Amer- for American Idol. Idol, exactly. But you know what? Of course you can't help. One can't help. I'm sure anybody who's listening is like, oh, well, what did I do? I moved to Man- from Manhattan to San Francisco when I was 30, right? Wow. When I, that's, yeah, that right on the it. I'm thinking, wow, you know, I did that same thing. Okay, so that's... So the, we the do our Saturn years, years in our 30s. We're building something. And then at the end of the 30s is the midlife, not crisis, but the midlife journey, the hero's journey. Whatever we've left on the back burner begins in our late 30s, but it goes um, to mid 40s. That's why the, the midlife is so powerful, because it involves several planets. But it peaks in our early 40s. And whatever we've left on the back burner begins to call us. That's why we see so many women who begin who have their first child or relationships break up or people who never got you know, married. They get married. Something happens. An old life is over and a new one begins. And it's, we haven't done anything wrong. Life is supposed to change. Mm -hmm. So if we're doing it right, we take some risks. We go out on a limb for something we really want to do. And if, again, that's that's probably the biggest um, of the generational cycles. And that, uh, if you look at, again, anybody, Carl Jung, he broke from Freud at his midlife. And that was career suicide in Switzerland, you know, in Zurich. But he said afterwards, he went into a big depression and he said, uh, that his midlife, it was the prima materia of my life's work. Everything of any importance came after that. The whole theory of individuation, the shadow, all of that. um, uh, Who was it? Uh, uh, Georgia O'Keeffe discovered New Mexico. You know, uh, here's an interesting one. Ted Turner stopped working for his dad, took a year off and sailed around the world in a sailboat named Freedom. I mean, you couldn't make that up. Bill W. started, he got sober, started AA. I mean, it's a powerful period, um, that midlife. Then there's the Chiron return at uh, 49 to 51. And that's a time that has a lot to do with, we change our story. And it is a time of menopause in our 50s. So that is often a time where we do a lot of deep healing. 
in our early 50s. It has a lot to do with family. And, and probably it's the most powerful time to uh, heal any old wounds that we haven't done yet. And, this, and then at 58, there is the second Saturn return. We have the first Saturn return at 28, and then 28 years, uh, at 29 rather, and then 29 years later is 58. And that is a time that, you know, we become an adult at 29 and we become an elder at 58. And when I say elder, I don't mean older. Right. No, I understand. You become Aging, I know you understand. Have- Aging is very different from getting oh. older. Aging is a verb. It's deepening. It, it, it's growing. Elder sounds like a lessening, you know. And the other thing, at 58, you're a baby elder. You're a newbie, you know. <laughs> So you're beginning this great um, stage in your life, and we need a purpose. Not every, of course, we're not, not everyone's going to, ret- you know, retire. But um, it, it's time to think of what what is the what do I want to do with the rest of my life? I love the Mary Oliver poem at the end, "A Summer's Day." She said, "Tell me what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life." Yeah. So no, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yes. And, no, and, and I, it's very important because I think a lot of people go through that. This is when kids are gone. You know, yep. you may be a grandparent, you may not. That seems kind of young. But then, and you're searching for what's next in your life. Yep. And I know so many women who are going through that, have gone through that, continue to go through that. Oh, absolutely. And and Maggie Cohen, who uh, started at 65, she was asked to retire from a job she loved. And, um, she started one of the great movements called the Gray Panthers. And she said, there must be a goal at every stage of life. There must be a goal. So at our Saturn return, a good question to ask is, what is the task worthy for the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. You know, and again, you're not going to retire, but it's just something, it's it's another stage. And we, we tend to, uh, over time, you know, uh, if we begin to get in touch with serious things. It's an um, invitation to look at, you know, uh, where am I going to, who am I going to live with in the next period of my life? Where do I want to be? Uh, where, you know, death enters the conversation in a good way. You know what I mean? We we tend to get a little more serious around this time. It's time to make a will and um, an advanced directive. Who's going to take care of the cat, so to speak? And again, that's not all. To me, that is young. And the 60s are, are, are young. But it is, um, again, Saturn is that planet of seriousness and reality. And I love what Jayan Fonda has talked about in Primetime and other on TED Talks, is she calls that the third act. Right, of course. Just like in the theater, you know, sometimes the two first acts don't make sense, but you go out intermission, you know, and uh, you come back and the third act, it all comes together. And I know that was true of me. It was really not until my sixties that I began to really feel happy. Yeah, no, I get that. And I think that a lot of people listening will understand that as well. And that's actually how I feel in my beginning 60s. I think I'm still a baby elder. But but it is exciting to know and always encouraging to hear 
So, and I know that there's another one you said in your eighties, right? Yeah, there, well, there's one in the early sixties and that's, and Uranus squares itself. That's a time early sixties. It's got some wind beneath your wings. And if there's something you want to do, be, or have, it's a time to take some risks. Mm. Yeah. The sixties are great. And then, um, you know, and then in the seventies, there is, um, just one, there's just one uh, Saturn opposition in the 70s. There's not a lot of aspects. Um, but the 70s, I really think it's really time to get our life together. We take inventory in the 70s. Uh, and I love what, uh, who was it, Diana Vreeland said in 70s when the, somebody asked her why she took the job at the Met. Well, what was I supposed to do? Retire? I was only 70. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so you, we need, we need role models. That's yes. important, you know, and the eighties, 84, you know, the Uranus comes back, the planet, the, uh, the planet of the rebel, the revolutionary Uranus comes back to where it was at birth. And, um, that is a kind of, is a completion, but also a new beginning. And again, I love quotes, Kim. So yeah, it's I, great. I love but, it. You know, uh, Flor Florida Scott Maxwell, who is a Jungian analyst, says, "Age puzzles me. I thought it was a quiet time. My seventies were interesting and fairly serene, but my eighties are passionate. I grow more intense as I age." Oh, that's wonderful. So we need that, you know? Yes, I grow more intense as we age. All right, so those are, let's talk a little bit about, before we have to wrap up, mm -hmm. let's talk about how you read someone's astrological chart and the benefits for that, for coming to you or an astrologist. Uh, what You know, I, I don't really understand how it works, and I know it's probably much more complicated than can be explained in five minutes, but can you talk a little bit about how a chart works and how it can assist us in moving forward in our life? Yeah, well, first of all, you know, find out your the, your date of birth and your time and, and your location, and you put that in the actually in a uh, an astrology program on your computer. Uh, in the old days, astrologers did it by hand. Uh, I don't know that I'd be an astrologer. I don't know if I could do the math. It's quite complex. Yeah, it sounds very mathematical. Right. So there is a lot of information in the chart, you know, and what we do is uh, there's a lot of information, but there are three main things. There's the sun, the moon, and the rising sign. So we look first at your character. The chart is a picture of the sky at the moment of birth. It's frozen in time. And it, and it, it it's an outer expression of who you are inside. So we look at that tells your character that tells your 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 gifts, your traits, but also your weaknesses, your, you know, and how to heal them. So there's that, you know, looking at that. Um, it look looks look at your childhood, like your parent, your parents. We're looking at the the planets. We're looking at the signs the planets are in, and the houses. The houses are where the action is taking place. That's sort of what you're majoring in this lifetime. Then there's something. What's happening now? Okay, because the that chart is frozen in time. That never changes. It's a little piece of your cosmic DNA. But the planets are moving where the planets are today tells us what's happening for you. For instance, there are, and we're looking at mostly the slow moving planets because the, the, the fast moving ones don't tell a big story, but even Jupiter that isn't a sign for a year, Jupiter's in Sagittarius, for instance. So all of those Sagittarius out there, wow, you've have lucky Jupiter in your sign. So 
for this year. And then, then in December, it'll go into Capricorn. But that's great for just, you know, it, it's great for opportunities and new adventures and especially travel. And of course, um, it, people who are Aries and also Leo, that's Jupiter in Sagittarius, a fire sign is probably over the year. Again, it's, you know, it's all about timing. Uh, but right now it's at the end of, it's in the middle of Sagittarius. So anyone born in the middle of Sagittarius, they're getting some good luck, some opportunity. So, or where is your, the planet Uranus, a slow moving planet in Taurus, anyone uh, who has uh, born in early Taurus would be getting um, Uranus to the sun or opposite. It was Scorpio, for instance. And Uranus brings change, disruption, but also unusual opportunities there. So again, we're looking at who you are, but also what's happening in your life right now. So Is when that, you are giving that to someone, when you are, do you go over it? You know, if someone gets a, um, a reading yeah. from you, then you go over it with them specifically. I'm, yeah. I'm more, you know, I'm sort of interested yeah. in exactly how the process oh, works. Yeah, it's go over that, it. Yeah, it's that person and what's happening to them. And I always give a little, you know, astrology 101 just to explain, you know, the planets are like the the actors in the play, the signs are how they express themselves. The houses are where the action is taking place, so to speak. So I, you know, give a little background and then explain the natal chart, the birth chart. And then what's happening now? People mostly want to know what's going on. You know, I, how come everything, how come everything is falling apart? Well, it may be that it's supposed to be falling apart because something new is on the way, but you're in that in between, you know, one door closes, another one opens and it's hell in the hallway. Or I say holy in the hallway, because sometimes we have to let go of things right. and it's helpful to know that, you know? That so no, if, you're not going crazy if you're having some aspect. You're supposed to be, you know, this is supposed to be happening. Right. So so when Nancy Reagan would consult an astrologer about the best times for meetings and things like that, and, and I assume you can do things like that for people as well, are you looking at the way that the planets are aligned and that's yeah. why it's a good time? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. That and that, um, and I forget the the name of the. She was a very famous astrologer. Um, she that was her specialty, the tech, technical, you know, to the minute, to the second. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, uh, those those uh, meetings that he had, she timed them, the travel, all of that. Well, I think that's fascinating. I mean, what worries me is because I could very easily get caught up in that. Like, I can't do this without consulting someone, oh, you know, but, right. but I think yes. we have to also yeah. learn to trust our intuition a little you bit. You do. And, and, and you know what? It, the planet, by the way, the planets are not causing this, say, something to happen in, in the sense that uh, they're causing trouble for us. What they're doing, they're exposing what's already there. So if you, like, for instance, the planet Pluto, heavy Pluto, death, birth, transformation, when Pluto went into Capricorn 2008, the, that didn't cause the, the um, economy to crash, but it exposed what was happening in the corporations and in the banking and so forth. Yeah, that is fascinating. I, unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap up. But I, I could just talk to you forever <laughs> about this, and I'm really excited to get my chart done. So I just don't know my date of... I mean, my time of birth, but we'll figure that out. But I, um, any, any, any words of wisdom for all of the 12 signs out there before we, <laughs> well, you know, this is not an easy time that we're in. 
It, it's not because there's some heavy planets and, and, you know, you don't know me, don't need me to tell you that, that we're, we're in a, we're in a time when the world is changing. And I think, you know, there are some, you know, challenging things in the world right now and coming, but there's also some beautiful things, you know, that, that, that are happening now. But I think we have to all, you know, have a lot more compassion for ourselves and each other. I think we're, everybody's too hard on themselves, you know, and, and astrology like life is messy, right? You know, you, you get a book deal and then you're, you, you get a divorce or, you know, you win the lottery, but you know, something difficult happens. You know what I mean? Life right. is complex. And right. I, I love what Pema Chodron says about, we have to make room for everything, you know? Mm, yeah, the that, sweetness, that's... the sadness, the grief, the gladness, because life is, is, is a mixed bag and it's juicy and marvelous, but also complex. It is. The world and the world is too. So I think the most important thing to me is is having a positive attitude and um, not judging and learning learning to embrace whatever comes along and you know be happy and keep learning. Never lose that holy curiosity, as Einstein said. <laughs> oh, I love it. That is the perfect way to end this podcast. Never stop learning or always keep. Never learning. lose that. Uh, what is it that I forgot now? Never lose that that uh, healthy uh, curiosity. I think it was. Yeah, I love it. And to all of you out there, never lose that curiosity. And uh, again, what is your website, Virginia? In case it's, they want to go um, there, Virginia uh, Virginia Bell Astrology dot com. And your book is Midlife is Not a Crisis, which I have and have started reading, and I highly recommend it. It, it just sucks you right in. It's so fascinating, so interesting. So, yeah, And it does cover not just midlife, but all, uh, all of the decades. Yeah. So it's something for everybody. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Virginia, and everybody out there. Uh, take a look up at the moon tonight ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and head to Virginia's site to uh, <laughs> figure out where you stand astrologically. Oh, thank you, Kim. Thanks.